Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message and God bless. reading of God's Word. We're going to turn to the book of Matthew today, chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, they, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And so they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him, uh, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. You may be seated this morning. Um, the uh, I was going to talk this morning about the wise men and, and uh, you know, um, the... Uh, what we can learn from them today, but I'll be honest with you, last night God changed my mind, and I'm actually not going to look at the wise men today. We are going to look at something completely different out of the uh, story of the wise men coming to see Jesus uh, in Bethlehem. We're going to look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders at this time, and what we can learn from them. A little background, as I'm sure that you know, Jesus was born, uh, and uh, at the time, a star appeared in the east. The east would have been Arabia uh, to the Jews of that time. And so uh, these wise men uh, gathered together and followed the star, and they knew, obviously, what the star meant, because when they arrived in Jerusalem, they said, hey, tell us where the king of the Jews was born. Uh, so they knew uh, somehow what the, store, the star represented. They knew why they were following it. And in our uh, pictures of your nativity, uh, typically, you know, you hear about the three wise men and all the Christmas productions. There are three wise men, right? That just seems to be the number that was settled on, upon because of the gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh uh, were three different gifts. But the truth is, this would have been a large caravan. Uh, this wouldn't have been just three guys riding on camels into the city. Uh, they would have been a group of people, uh, not just the wise men themselves, however many number they would have been, but all of those folks that would have traveled with them, their servants, and, and all the people that would have been in their entourage with them. This would have been a large group of people who were entering in the city of Jerusalem uh, from Arabia uh, to go to Herod and say, listen, dude, uh, where is the king of the Jews? Where is he born? Now, Herod uh, was holding on to power, uh, and uh, uh, even while the Roman government was in control, they allowed Herod to actually rule uh, over the Jews and govern themselves in some small way. Uh, and so he didn't want to lose that power. Uh, and so uh, when the uh, wise men came and asked, 
Herod went to his, his own wise men, the Pharisees, the teachers, the religious leaders at that time, and he said, hey, tell me where the king of the Jews is supposed to be born. Now, this is what's scary, and this is what I want to talk about this morning. Herod knew, along with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that when they were talking about the king of the Jews, they were talking about the Messiah. And in Jewish prophecy, in fact, all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve fell and God was issuing out judgment to them, he also issued a promise, and that promise was that uh, he was going to send the seed of, of, of the woman, the seed of Eve, excuse me, and uh, that uh, Satan would bite his heel, but ultimately that child, that uh, seed of uh, Eve, would crush Satan's head. So all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, a Messiah was promised, and he was promised again and again throughout Scripture. In Isaiah, he was promised uh, a, a very pa a, a prominent passage that's uh, preached at Easter time, that he would be bruised for our transgressions, right? Uh, he would be beaten, and by his stripes we would be healed. Uh, that he would die and be sacrificed for us, that you and I could be reconciled in our relationship uh, with God. And so uh, all of a sudden they knew, uh, uh, Herod knew that this was supposed to be the Messiah that they're referring to. How do we know that? Because he went to his religious leaders and he said, where is he supposed to be born according to the prophets? I don't know about you, and maybe I'm not making sense, but that's kind of scary this morning that Herod was so determined to hold on to power that he wanted to find out where the Messiah was so he could kill him. Mm -hmm. On top of that, his uh, wise men of his own, his the uh, religious leaders of that day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, who were the educated religious elite of that time, they were complicit in that they went and told him. They read from the prophets and told him and quoted from the scripture they had studied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And rather than the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those religious leaders, what they should have done is saddled up their own horses and went with the wise men to go see the Messiah. Instead, they sat back and they were complicit in Herod's scheme to find out where the Messiah was, the King of the Jews, and to have him killed. Uh, so this morning you say, Pastor, why are you talking about such a, such a thing? It should be at a time of excitement. But as the Christmas program said this morning, it is a season of mercy. And as we are celebrating the birth of Christ, we must not forget the reason why he came in the first place. And that was to save man's sin, uh, souls from sin to deliver us. Uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, right, that who should ever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us uh, yes. so that he sent his Son to die upon the cross. That is why Jesus was born in a manger. That's why uh, God miraculously moved upon uh, Mary and she became pregnant with a child. That's why Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist. That is why uh, all of those things came to place was so that Jesus Christ could be born and that he uh, would uh, ultimately die upon the cross so that you and I could be saved from our sins. And many of us have been in church just like the Pharisees and just like the scribes. And we've heard Christmas 
After Christmas, our moms, our dads, our the preachers, the teachers, our grandparents, our aunts, our uncles, all those around us talk about this Jesus. We open up presents and we go to Christmas pageants and we listen to songs that sing about his birth and it's become a tradition for us to celebrate. And we know and have been taught our whole lives that he's the Messiah. But much like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, we don't really believe it. Amen. We've been taught it. We've heard it preached over and over again. We've uh, spent, you know, even if you've been in church, you've been raised. Many believe uh, they they celebrate, and, and they really truly do not believe in the one that they're celebrating. And so my message to each of us this morning is that we would not be like Herod where we were so concerned about control of our own lives and living the way that we want to live and doing what we want to do, that we would not be like Herod and so afraid that we would lose something by following Christ. Herod was afraid to lose power and prestige, and many of us are afraid to lose power over our life. We don't want some God telling us what to do or some Bible giving us instructions. We like what makes us happy. We like doing the things that uh, give us temporary joy and happiness, uh, even though ultimately the next day or in the coming days they ultimately lead to sadness and guilt and shame. Uh, yet we don't want to give that up. And so like Herod, we are willing to ignore the Messiah and even so much so as to cast him out of our lives because we do not want to be changed by what the Messiah came to do. Jesus came to set us free from our sin, and when he came to do so, he said, go and sin no more. Amen. Yeah. To save us. To set us free. Mm -hmm. For us to make him Lord of our life. The only way that we can have peace that passes all understanding, joy in a world that is so hard to find anything to be joyful about, especially Nowadays, comfort in the middle of pain, right? The only thing that provides that permanent peace is Jesus Christ. Amen. We can chase everything else. We can chase knowledge, and we can chase money, and we can chase pleasure, and we can chase all of these things. But ultimately, they all lead to destruction and misery. Amen. Because when the high wears off, when the pleasure is over, when the money runs out, we have nothing. And we'll be miserable and sad and lonely. But if we put our faith and our trust in the one who was born in a manger all those thousands of years ago, who lived a sinless, perfect life, who gave his life and was raised three days later, if we will put our faith and our trust in him, we will be saved and we can promise joy in spite of our trials, in spite of what we're facing. Amen. Because our joy yes. is in Him. Yes. Our hope is in Him. It's not in the world. That's right. It's not in the world system. It's not in who's president and not president or which political power is in control. It's not who's, uh, what's happening in the Middle East and fighting. Our hope isn't any of that. Our hope is in Christ. Amen. So that no matter what happens in this world, no matter how bad it gets, 
My hope is in Him, and that hope is that someday I'm going to live for eternity with Him. I'll not be in pain. I'll never be sick again. I'll never cry another tear. I'll never be lonely. I'll never be sad. You know what I'm saying? That's where my hope is. But I only have that hope if I know Christ, the Lord and Savior. Amen. If I don't just know about the baby in the manger, but I know Him personally. What's sad, the Bible says, is Jesus tells a, a parable of, of folks in the last days uh, when judgment comes and they stand before him and there's going to be folks that stand before him and Jesus is going to say, listen, you fed the hungry and you visited the, uh, 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 the oppressed in prison and you, know, you, you clothed the naked. Uh, welcome thy good and faithful servant. And, and they're going to say, when did we do these things, Lord? And uh, to you, we didn't, we didn't know you, we didn't see you. And, and he said, just as like you did to all these folks, you did them to me. And so come on in. And then there's going to be another group of people that are going to say, hey, we cast out demons and we healed the sick and we did all of these great things for you, Jesus. So Jesus is going to say to them, depart from you or from me, I never knew you. They thought they knew it. Right. But they didn't know him. Yep. See, there's a difference than knowing who Jesus is and even believing that he's God and actually knowing him as Lord and Savior. There's a lot of folks that will tell you, I believe that Jesus is God, but they don't know him. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if we will confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that he has risen from the dead, then you and I can be, will be, are saved. Yes. We must make him Lord of our life. Know him. And in knowing him, that's where our hope lies. Mm -hmm. So this morning, as you hear this message, don't be like the religious leaders. Don't be like Harry who says, I've heard it my whole life, my whole childhood. Mm -hmm. Don't be like those who believe that you'll say that God, uh, you believe that Jesus is God, but you never uh, make him your Lord. Don't be one of those this morning at this time of year, but call upon him as Lord and Savior. The greatest gift that you can ever receive is Christ as Savior. His mercy, His grace, His forgiveness, His faithfulness to you and I. Yes. So that if that's you this morning, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to call upon Him as Lord and as Savior. Today is the day to confess Him as Christ. And make him Lord of your life. Maybe you've known Christ. Maybe you knew him. And like the prodigal, you've run the opposite way as far as you can. Like that prodigal son. Today's a day of salvation for you. The Father's waiting to hold your hand and take you right back. And to love you. And to accept you right back into his home again. That's the great thing about our God, is His mercy is new every morning. Yes, amen. His grace never runs dry. His blood never loses its power. Yes, right. It reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows through the lowest valley. That wherever you're at, God can save you, forgive you, and make you His child. Let us stand this morning.
Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month, we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach the loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.